Blog Talk Radio. Gina Chavez joins us today for a special International Women's Weekend interview to celebrate her new song, her marriage, and her new EP in the works. And just because she's sort of a really, really great person. Stay tuned. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by MySanFelipeVacation.com, your source for a great getaway on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and don't forget, this is your show. Gina Chavez is here to talk with you. You can call in 347-215-7511, or if you're sitting at work with your headphones on, which I know a lot of you are, you can email us. Email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And I want to say a special welcome to our listeners on the cyberstationusa.com network out there in the East Coast and their radio affiliates. And also those of you who are listening to us on Stitcher or on iTunes or on the Artistic Network in London. If you are listening live and have questions or comments, you can call in. If you're not listening live, if you're listening to the podcast or you're listening in London tomorrow because it's not on today, well, you know what I mean, you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. I am so happy to welcome Gina Chavez back to Music Friday Live. She is really one of my favorite people one of my favorite artists, and one of my favorite musical activists. We have much to talk about. She is Austin Musician of the Year. She is now married. She toured Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan as a music ambassador. And closer to home, she's planning some pretty interesting things for South by Southwest this year. With nine Austin Music Awards, a tiny an NPR tiny desk video with more than half a million views and tours as a cultural ambassador with the U S state department. Somehow Chavez has found time to release a new song, a love song called heaven knows best. The first song from her upcoming album EP light beam. Well, there's so much more to say about her. So let's let her say it herself. Gina Chavez. Welcome back to music Friday live. Hey Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Wow, what a year 2017 was. <laughs> I know, all and, these years. I feel like it's uh, it's been a while since we've talked and lots of things have happened. So. Oh, boy, and how. And, and 2018 time. looks like it's going to be uh, quite a year, too. I mean, you're going to release Light Beam, which you've had in the works for some time. Um, and actually, you know, speaking of Light Beam, you've said that the songs on Light Beam have been waiting in your heart for a long time. So why don't you tell us about it? Where did it recorded? How long did it take? You know, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, actually, so I took some time, um, you know, for, for listeners who don't know much of my music, I, I released, you know, Uprooted in 2014. Um, and it was kind of a, it's a bilingual album. And, you know, this journey of kind of me discovering my Latin roots, right? So, um, you know, but it's not just Latin music. And I kind of have music that's all over the board. And honestly, I took, uh, I took like much of 2016 and some of 2017 to just write and kind of really um, dive into the craft of songwriting itself. And without trying to put myself into any kind of like genre boxes per se, um, 
I just allowed myself to write. And the songs on this EP are what came out. And I found that there was this, a bit of a thread, um, lyrically and thematically, it was, it was really these love songs um, that, you know, if you were to flash back probably 15 years ago in my life, I never would have thought I would have written love songs ever. And I know that sounds funny, but I literally was at a place in my life where I'd never been in love. Um, and I kind of didn't think like my heart worked like other people, you know, because I would listen to love songs and just be like, ew, who thinks that way? <laughs> you know, like, and I, you know, I find out later that I, it's cause I hadn't really fallen in love and partially because I didn't realize that, uh, I fall in love with women and, you know, I was a, I'm a Catholic Latina and there was very much a big journey there. And so these songs are, um, songs that, you know, or, or something that I hadn't really stopped to, that I touched upon, but hadn't really stopped to dive into as far as being a Catholic Latina, being in love um, with this beautiful woman, finally getting married to her after 12 years, and, you know, just really allowing myself to, to kind of ruminate on that and share that with my audience. And so these songs are almost more in the kind of soul R&B ish vibe. I, I wouldn't say they fit there perfectly, but there's definitely um, kind of that thread running through them. And, you know, they're, they're love songs that also deal with things like faith and commitment and struggle. Oh, well, I, you've really whetted my appetite for the release of light beam, which I know is later this year, but Fortunately, you have released the first song, and we have it. So why don't we just listen to Heaven Knows? could uh, listen to that all day. In fact, I, I did listen to that all day a few days this week. The entire, the entire song is poetry set to music. And, and many of the lines in that song really struck me. One of the lines 
Heaven knows our souls, our story, the shape of your heart when you hold me. Um, uh, it's, it, that's very deep and emotional. Heaven, heaven knows what I take out, out, take from that is that heaven knows love, all love, any love, and doesn't make judgments about the external shape of that love, but rather fills the internal shape with grace. I don't know. Am I, what do you mm, think? Yeah, what, what you think? I feel like that's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I think that was a, that was probably um, honestly my favorite line in the song too, um, which is in the bridge. And I, I think that was kind of my, you know, it's like I wanted to make the subtle, maybe not so subtle point that, you know, as practicing Catholic Latinas who are also married, you know, like we are, we are still involved in our faith community. We've had um, a really blessed journey, I think, in that way that a lot of people have not had. Um, so we feel really fortunate to still kind of be part of our faith community and very accepted and, you know, at the same time, even when we were getting married, I think I was really struggling with the fact that, you know, here we've gone to the same church for 16 years and um, I, I, we can't get married there, you know, and it's not for lack of like even our, our clergy, like kind of wanting to, but it's, you know, it's not allowed. It's not, a, it's, you know, you can't you can't show up with two women and get married in the Catholic church <laughs> and, know. you know, and at the same time realizing also how, I don't know, it, it literally felt as if like when you've come to the end of a friendship because you realize that that friend can no longer be for you what they need to be. And you like, you know what I mean? It's like, if you've ever mm -hmm. had a relationship end where you're just kind of like, wow, like we really care about each other, but it's like, there's enough, like we're at the end of the road. That's kind of how it felt for me. Um, you know, I say that and we are still going to, to church and everything. And, but it, it felt so, I like, I was, I was literally mourning the loss of, of a relationship when I finally realized like, wow, you know, my, you know, somebody I know who's, who's a male who shows up with a female at the church, you know, like they might have to jump through a few hoops, you know, if they're not necessarily parishioners or something like that, but ultimately like they'll be able to find a place to get married, you know, in the Catholic mm -hmm. church and we can't, mm -hmm. and it's literally comes down to, you know, genitalia. <laughs> like, you know, so on some <laughs> level it's just like me kind of like, wow, I was, you know, and then thinking about like how many times we've, offered our relationship up to God and, and, you know, literally I would say probably six, at least six of our 12 years together, we were constantly being like, Hey God, like if this is not cool, like tear it apart, you know? And then constantly God was like putting us closer together and giving us these incredible experiences and forming our relationship and you know what I mean? And so it was like, we yeah. finally stopped waiting for the other foot to fall. We were like, okay, <laughs> we've, we've allowed so much time, you know, for this to like not be okay. And we're going to get the message that God's really sending that this is beautiful and it's fine. And it's, it's not only fine. It's, it's the kind of love we were all called to, to live in and be and show to the world. And so that's kind of, you know, some of the things that I'm, that I'm, 
you know, kind of scream, kind of shouting in this song is like, yeah. hey, heaven knows the shape of our hearts. And, yeah. you know, you may not, but heaven does. And I know that. Well, sounds like uh, she gave you her blessing, even if the church didn't. And yeah, that's what's yeah. important. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And, you know, and honestly, we actually had this really cool experience where I was kind of feeling, you know, really, really uh, sad and, and um, I don't know, just like I said, kind of empty a little bit about, you know, kind of realizing, wow, like we really aren't going to get married here. And I didn't realize how much I hadn't, I hadn't really like come to that realization yet. I never really thought it would happen, but then I think there was some part of my heart that was like, yeah, but I mean, and so, um, anyway, so we, we had gone to this, uh, this place called Tiny Tea Ranch, um, which we were playing a benefit show for the ACLU. And long story short, we play the show. I talk a little bit about how Jody and I are getting married. And the owner of the venue comes up, and she was like, oh, my God, if you all want to get married here, like, the place is yours. And she actually it's a, it is a wedding venue here in town. And wow. it was just one of these moments where I kind of, I literally almost, like, looked up at the sky, and I was like, all right, God, I see you. Like, <laughs> you know, like where you feel like one, you know, one door is closed and, and then you realize, you know, our world isn't black and white and it's all of the shades of gray that make life worth living, you know? Um, wow. So. That is quite a story. Um, you know, and, and going through and listening to that song and, and hearing you just tell that story, some other lines kind of fall into place too. Um Heaven knows I don't deserve such a woman with a heart of gold and the perfect curves. I don't know how. I don't know why you chose me. Those words tell me that crazy, blind, euphoric state of love, which we all hope for and some of us actually experience, can be great (laughs) for songwriting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it. I literally had a, I mean, it's been a very long journey. I think, you know, we not only got married, I mean, we've been together for 12 years, but it's only been legal in Texas for two um, Mm -hmm. for us to actually get married. And then, um, you know, and I do think our relationship, I mean, gosh, over 12 years, like we've done a lot of growing and and hurting and laughing and all of the things. So, um, yeah. (laughs) The the times there are a change. Who would have thought of that in Texas? And, you know, who would have thought that last week, uh, New Zealand would elect a 37-year-old woman um, who lives with her boyfriend as their new prime minister after she announced she was pregnant. So maybe the things are are changing. Um, You did something unusual with that song. Um, You released it to your Spotify subscribers in the first memo form, and I listened to it since I follow you on Spotify, and it sounded really Mm -hmm. great. So what exactly is the first memo form? Oh, uh, so I did like a, like I, I basically, I've really been trying to push Spotify. Um, that's one reason I'm releasing these songs as singles. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of a singles world these days. And so I'm really trying Mm -hmm. to boost Spotify followers. And so one of the ways that I was, um, you know, doing that was to release, I, it was basically the first voice memo, um, that Mm -hmm. I ever wrote of this song. And so actually I was in a songwriting group 
where we had to write a song a week and turn in, wow. you get a prompt, like a phrase prompt on Monday and you have to turn in a song by Sunday night or else you're kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, anyway, and so the song, I think the phrase I totally ended up scrapping, which happens a lot. It's amazing what like one phrase might inspire you to write a song. And then you realize like the worst part of the song is the phrase. <laughs> um it was a weird it was it was about your opinion was the phrase which is a very strange phrase certainly and is. so yeah and so like i sat down one sunday to you know to write this song and and so that was that voice memo is what i wrote it's literally the first cut of the song that oh, has cool. that phrase in it about your opinion you know um and uh, I don't think it has, it doesn't have the bridge yet. So it's just the verses and the chords, but it's pretty well, true to form. I was actually surprised how close, usually my songs change quite a bit, but that one was pretty true to form. And it's really cool too. In fact, everybody listening, when the show's over today, you need to go to Spotify and find Gina Chavez, which isn't hard. And if you don't follow her, follow her. And once you click on following her, a little button will pop up with that song on it. You get to listen to it. Well, I, I mentioned in the introduction that, that you are a musical activist, um, actually an activist in a number of ways. I, I want to play a song that has made a deep impression on me when I first heard it. One, one actually that's still very much in the news, and this is maize. That's corn in English. Here's maize. renegotiate NAFTA. Uh, could you tell our audience the message of that song and why it's still relevant today in terms of NAFTA? Sure. Um, this song um, was inspired by a man named Armando that I met here in Austin and through a program called the Workers' Defense Project, which basically sticks, um, they stick up for, and they kind of, it's a community building organization um, that brings in members, um, especially like Latinx immigrants who are 
you know, maybe they're not getting paid at their jobs or, you know, basically to know their rights as workers here in the United States, whether they have papers or not. And then um, they do a lot of community organizing and, you know, very vocal at the Capitol and just a really cool organization. Anyway, so I met this guy at Arundo and he was telling the story of his family who were Mexican corn farmers and how they were displaced by NAFTA because essentially NAFTA allows us to, you know, undercut uh, because we subsidize our corn farmers, we could then sell corn, you know, at a lower cost than Mexico. So then you have people that have subsisted for generations um, on corn, on, on, you know, growing maize, on selling it, on eating it. And suddenly you have these people moving from um, poverty to starvation. And I just was really wrestling with that as a, you know, as a Mexican-American who obviously had no choice of which side of the border I was on you know, I was just kind of struggling with the fact that like, wow, that, like that could have been my family, you know? Um, and, and the idea that our policies change lives, American policies change lives all over the world, you know? Um, and so that was kind of the, the crux of the, of what I wrote about. And then the song really turned into this kind of, um, kind of a celebration of the resilience of Latino people everywhere. Um, you know, I've had a chance to travel all over the world and, and obviously, you know, specifically um, the Mexican people, but I think it was more just kind of an anthem of saying, you know, people have dealt with a lot of, you know, oppressive things often coming from, you know, from yeah. the United States of America. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but the, but the spirit is resilient. You know what I mean? And yeah. So that's really but, what the uh, song kind of, turned into it's a very powerful song and, and musically it's a very powerful song and, and what you do with your voice in that song just really drives it home let me remind our, our listeners here that uh, you are listening to music friday live we're talking with gina chavez about her new song heaven knows her forthcoming ep light beam and many many other things you can talk with her too you can call in 347 or, as many of you are, uh, you can email us. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Why, why don't we go to some of the emails here, uh, Gina? Um, oh, there's emails. Well yeah, oh, yes. I mean, we got one very early on. This is from Marial in uh, Tucson. And Tucson's, and she says, tell us about the wedding. What did you wear? <laughs> you know what's actually really cool? So yeah. I figured the only way to get my wife in a music video um, was if I filmed our wedding. And so we are working on a, a music video um, that has some footage from the wedding and then some other, you know, more music music video type footage. Um, um, but anyway, it's all at the Tiny Tea Ranch, which I talked about earlier, and then obviously has, you know, us getting married and all of our our um, gowns and things. So I will say that what was exciting about um, my gown, it was actually um, my my grandmother's. And mm. when I my mom was like, "Oh, you should wear your grandmother's dress," and I was like, "What dress?" You know. And I'm thinking like a wedding dress or something. And it turns out that my parents in the 70s they they traveled all throughout Europe in a VW bus. Talk about hippies. Um, <laughs> so they, they traveled through Europe for a year and a half in a VW bus, and they went to Morocco um, as one of their places and where they bought this, uh, like, fancy jalaba for mm -hmm. my grandmother because she was really into fashion. And so this dress, 
has remained in a closet in nothing more than, you know, just like a plastic bag for, what, 40 years, 50 years? Wow. And is in, like, pristine condition. And so I ended up, it's got this hand-woven um, button. It's kind of a, an off-white, and it has these amazing uh, bell sleeves. <laughs> and so anyway, so this is, what, this is what I wore at the wedding. It fit me like a glove. It was amazing. So it was really cool to be able to have my grandmother, who passed away many, many years ago, um, but now to kind I of have her there with me too. So, yeah. I can hardly wait to see that video. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm excited. Boy. We've gotten a couple cuts back, so we're still working on edits, but I'm probably will release it in the next couple months. So. All right. Well, yeah. when you do, shoot me an email, and we'll we'll uh, post it will. on our Twitter feed. Okay. Um, yeah. Monty in uh, Los Angeles wants to know: Do you play with the same band that you tour and record with? That's a good question. Um, Monty, I, I actually have um, a different studio. I mean, I don't really have a studio band, but I've worked with a lot of different studio musicians. And then my live guys are amazing at kind of, you know, taking that and putting it to the live stage and often like, you know, and making it our own, right? I kind of view um, recorded music and live music as you would maybe the the movie version of a musical and the live version of a musical. It's like the music's all the same, yeah. but, and the storyline's the same, but because of the editing and the cuts and, and what, and how you're experiencing it, they're pretty much completely different things, right? Yeah. Like you, okay. if you've ever, you know, watched rent the movie or if you've ever seen rent live, it's just I've a different both. experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, so that's kind of how I see music where it's, you want the recorded version to be, you want the music to be, you know, solid and recognizable, but you also don't, you want to bring something to the live stage that's not on the recording and vice versa. Right. Um, Anyway, so, so I basically, I have, yeah, I work with studio musicians in the studio and then um, my live guys are, are awesome at kind of taking that and then bringing it to life on the stage. And well, also, would, a lot of times you have more instruments in the studio, you know, like on up, yeah. my first album, Uprooted. I mean, I think we had, you know, 20 instruments. And then you have to figure out how to do that with five or six people, you know. And okay. So then you have people that can play multiple instruments or you take the parts and you say, okay, we don't have a string quartet here. What do we do? <laughs> so, you know. There are, there are electronics for that, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. Rascal Girl in, in uh, New York City wants to know, um, are you going to be playing at any uh, marches or concerts this weekend? You know, that is a great question. Um, here in Austin, it is actually South by Southwest, um, which for those who don't know what that is, it's one of the biggest international music conferences um, in in the world, I believe. Um, and so yes. Austin's, not when it's not South by Southwest, Austin is kind of a, you know, a, a burgeoning, but still kind of a, you know, we're a very chill city. Um, and then South by Southwest happens and it's a, a total madhouse. <laughs> and so um, anyway, so that's really what's going on here in Austin. Um, and uh, as a result, you know, I'm as an Austin musician, we have showcases and we're planning a flash mob and we're doing all of those kinds of things. So um 
I uh, I'm always open to playing playing rallies, and there's obviously a light a lot to fight for here, just in Texas, um, being a you know a not so progressive state, <laughs> a future progressive <laughs> state. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not doing anything like that this go round, but always open to it, of course. Yeah, people often say that uh, Austin and San Antonio are islands totally surrounded by uh, Texas, but. Uh, being a Texan, yeah, the, my, the blueberry, the blueberry and the tomato soup, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, I'm a lot, but, yeah. well, being a Texan myself, I um, I kind of watch it from afar. Um, you were in the and speaking of, of of not progressive places, at least I think uh, you were in the two of the stands last uh, year: Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, both of which yeah. were in the news uh, for different reasons. Now, how did that happen, and what was it like being there? Oh, wow. You know, there's just not even enough time to tell you all of the stories. Um, <laughs> honestly, we had a total blast. Um, so to kind of catch people up, I um, were kind of basically my band occasionally gets asked um, oh, excuse me, by embassies around the world to come and basically be cultural ambassadors. And so what that entails is, you know, essentially we'll do a tour of a country, including maybe daytime workshops for um, school kids or people with disabilities or, you know, a theater group or a language group or anything, right? So, like, kind of local partners in a foreign city. And then at night, we'll do free public concerts. And the embassy organizes all the events and everything like that. Um, and so we've had the chance to go to, gosh, 12 different countries in the last couple of years. Wow. And so two of the, the recent ones that we were in were Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. And it was incredible, totally incredible. Um, I will say I, I, love, I love going to places that I never would have I never would have said like, oh, I, you know, my bucket list is like Uzbekistan, right? <laughs> right. Um, but it's just, I can't, like, I can't even describe what a different experience it was. Um, you know, to be in this place, you know, it's basically the land of the ancient Silk Road. Mm-hmm. Um, we were performing um, at this square that was attempt, you know, essentially kind of the one of the hubs of the Silk Road, there's, you know, madrasas, which are um, Islamic schools, Um, all kind of, so there's like three madrasas that face a square. And these buildings are huge and they look like tapestries, you know, because Islamic architecture, they don't have, you know, representations of humans or animals Mm -hmm. um, or even plants, maybe. It's all all very geometric, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, these ancient 14th century buildings that are incredible. And that was our stage, you know, so we're all just kind of looking around like, how is this our lives right now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, we're performing in this festival called the Shark Tanonagari Festival that is basically a celebration of music of the East. And so we performed a song in Uzbek and we were like famous overnight. It was very wild. We would get stopped, you know, in small museums and, and, you know, just out on the street and people would like come up to us and take our photos. And it was like, so it was so wild. 
um, you know, but I think what really hit what really hit me was that it meant so much for them to have an American band try to cover one of their songs. Like that was so like they literally when we would start playing this song, Nazar Nazar, they would like get up out of their seats, throw their arms in the air, and they were just like so excited. And it was just this beautiful thing to see. Um yeah, I mean, there's so many wow. stories, honestly. <laughs> uh, and also, there's some pictures uh, on your uh, Instagram feed, too, that people should take a look at, including uh, one of those buildings uh, with you in front of it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the program that you travel with is uh, America's Music Abroad. Do you know if it's going to continue with the current administration? You know, so, well, um, we actually started our foray into the the State Department works through American Music Abroad. There's a bunch of different programs. Um, so we've actually mostly been traveling with other programs, but they're all kind of connected. Essentially, they're all yeah. State Department-funded programs, right? Um, but American Music Abroad is definitely um, one of the big ones. And uh, I do – I hear that their funding was, you know, solid through 2019. But, Ooh. you know, I, I guess – I guess everything's up for grabs after that. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I talked to somebody at the State Department, and they said, you know, the funding's been approved through 2019. So my guess is it'll still remain. You know, That's great. Work. I'm glad to hear that. And, so, of course, 2018 yeah. is election year, and there may be some different ideas in Congress as a, as a result of those elections. So we shall see about that. Right. Um, speaking of elections at, um, in Texas, it looks like Texas may – be sending its first Latina to Congress from the 16th district. So we'll show. Yeah, or two. Um, yeah. You know, because then there's um, Senator Sylvia Garcia from the 29th district. You know, she might she might also make it through. So um, yeah, honestly, I think for Texas, we um, it's it's great, right? I, I think this is a long game, obviously, <laughs> and the we're we're making steps. You know what I mean? Because um, to have so many people turn out in the primary and like to take those percentage points and really bump them up to have so many more women running for offices is huge. Um, you know, I think the problem before was, well, you can't elect them if they're not on the ballot, you know what I mean? And so I think on some level that this is such a great time, you know, really in our whole country when we're starting to really look at some, some troubling issues, um, we're starting to, you know, see some people rise up, some voices rise up that haven't maybe ever had a seat at the table. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think these voices are, you know, kind of, it's like we're demanding, we're like pulling up our own chair, if that makes any sense. It's like there isn't yeah. really room yeah. at the table, but we're making yeah. room, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so and- I'm really proud Um you know, I'm proud of these steps that we're making. I think we also know that it's it's a long game, you know. And so yeah. I, I work at a policy institute during the daytime, and you know, we've been fighting an uphill battle, and probably will continue to do so for as long as we exist. You know, this is a it's a tough it's a tough state to do the it kind is. of progressive work that we do. It is, so. as both of us, uh, as two Texans, know, and and also as as I know because I now live in California, the Texas California have one thing in common, and that is they're both almost majority Latino states. And um, mm-hmm. it's about, about time that uh, 
they got some representation. Well, you mentioned you work in a policy institute, and your songs sometimes address policy. And I, I want to play another song of yours that addresses uh, policy, one that was written some time ago, but I think it's still with us. And this is called Like an Animal. to listen to um, what generated that song what pushed you to create those images that that sonic landscape you know that song I'm I um, gosh let's see I first started writing that song when Jody my, my now wife lived in LA and was doing um, she worked on Skid Row with um, with homeless she basically worked at an organization where they um, I'm like totally blanking on the name of the organization, but they, um, they essentially work with homeless to help them get jobs. And so they do, you know, counseling, they have clothing there, they, you know, work on resume building. Um, and she was telling me about walking around downtown LA and, and this guy, Andre, um, just started talking to her and he was saying something like the very first line comes from him. And he basically said something like, man, more people will look at it, look at a dog on the street than they will look at a man. And that just really struck me, you know, that it's so true, right? Yeah. Like more people will pay attention to a, a, an animal on the street than they will to an actual human being. Um, and so that's really where the song kind of sparked from. And then the chorus, I actually ended up, writing in Arabic um, because there was some part of it that I was like, I don't feel like I need more lyrical content on the chorus. I want it to Mm -hmm. be more of this like cry, like a cry out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to be in Spanish and I didn't want it to be in English. And I was like, you know, there's something very kind of, I don't know, Middle Eastern sounding about this song anyway. And so uh, I got a friend of mine who speaks a little bit of Arabic to come and help me write a, write a chorus. And so, um, that kind of topped it off. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it's a very, very powerful song. We're actually getting some, some more emails in for you here um, about right. the power of your, your, your singing. Um, one of them is from Zebi in Tampa, and Zebi wants to know, why does Austin produce so many good musicians, especially girls? 
Ooh, well, um, especially girls might be uh, might be something that you know is only happening in the last few years. Um, I, uh, you know, Austin Austin has a real music community here, and I think it's something that the the more traditional music cities um, they've got a lot to offer but I'm not sure how the community is. And, and I haven't lived in those, you know, I haven't lived in LA and Nashville and New York. Um, but I know there's a lot of, I feel like in, in some ways, um, New York and LA especially feel more, a little more cutthroat, a little more, um, and there's industry, there's industry there, which is great. And that's something that Austin does not have that we we desperately need. But I think, um, maybe because of that lack of industry uh, here in Austin, we have, you know, we have community. Like everybody really supports each other. We never feel like we're in competition with each other. I'm in a songwriting group with 60 people um, where we, you know, write a song a week and we submit it through SoundCloud and we comment on each other's stuff. And I haven't met probably 50 of those people, (laughs) you know, and so it's just kind of this online thing but we're all out hitting the pavement and you know still like this virtual community that then you know when we run into each other at you know bars and venues and stuff we support each other so um maybe that's why you know um it's also a it's a college place and i feel like a lot of people come to college here and then they they really find their niche um so yeah. yeah okay all right uh, I was just thinking that, you know, this is uh, what we're calling uh, International Women's Day weekend here. And there are, there are celebrations tonight. Um, Chica Mom is putting on a big, a big conference uh, tonight. And then there's a march tomorrow in downtown L.A. from the detention center to City oh, wow. Hall to uh, the, the point being made there that uh, about the treatment of women in uh, the detention center. So, but another place where uh, I think and I've had a lot of conversation on the air about this, uh, where we accuse a lot of improvement is the music industry itself and the Grammys. Uh, I was at She Rocks Awards this, this, this year, and believe me, there is no shortage of women with national and international um, level music chops, both from Austin and mm-hmm. other places. And there's no reason why women should make up 20, only 24% or less in major categories uh, of the uh, nominees for Grammys, so hopefully that's going to change yeah. a little bit. Amen. Maybe Austin can help help with that. Well, let's get back to music. Uh, um, one of the songs that I just love musically, which also bears a message, is, is "Firewater" from the uh, the Uprooted album. So let's listen a little bit of that. Sweet flower water, lay me 
interesting so my uh so jody and i were living in el salvador um for two, 2009 to 2010 doing mission work and i had my my laptop with me and um probably like a lot of musicians i have now i have like voice memos right where it's like if i have an idea i'll just like hit record on my phone and record a voice memo well back in the day before self you know for voice memo equipped cell phones, um, I would do that on my computer. And so I was looking through these hundreds of unnamed, you know, just samples, right, of little things that I would sing. And I found that, and I was like, I remember thinking to myself, wow, I wrote that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I was just kind of thinking, wow, this is unlike anything else I've ever written and super cool. And so – it was, and I do remember it was inspired by Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet, um, which is uh, Abigail sings in Cantonese. Is it Cantonese or Mandarin? I can't remember. Um, and also in English. And then she's since worked with like Bela Fleck and has this incredible kind of Americana sound. But oddly enough, like that melody um, was inspired by by her. Um, and just kind of listening to them. And so uh, anyway, I I kind of had it in the back of my mind. And by the time I got back to, to Texas, I had everything but a chorus. And I think I was I was just uh, getting ready for work one day and, and came and, up with... And the chorus came to you. Came up with the chorus. So, yes. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> you know, but I kind of I kind of liken it to... I remember growing up, um, and one of my favorite songs was a song my dad would play on piano. It would be like the only song he could play on piano in his House of the Rising Sun. And um, this is... I kind of liken this to my House of the Rising Sun song. Um, okay. Where you have like, you know, mamas tell your child not to hold that dangerous flame in his hands. Uh-huh. Like, the, you know, the idea that it's like, you know, don't don't go to the House of Rising Sun, you know. Um, but this is regarding, you know, regarding alcohol. And so it's basically about mm-hmm. somebody who struggles with alcoholism. But okay. it's not a personal experience. Um, but just kind of, yeah. Well, Still one of our coolest have... live show songs. So. It, and it's just, like I said, mu- musically, it is it is so creative and so innovative and so addictive. It's uh, really a marvelous piece of work. Um, we're okay. we're getting close on time, but we did get a couple more emails, in, and I really want to uh, right. uh, let these uh, come to the fore. This is uh, Valentina in Los Angeles, and Valentina asks, was being in a Muslim country a problem if you're in a same-sex marriage? Um, Valentina, that's, yeah, that's a really good question. So Jody actually hasn't been able to travel with me. So, you know, there's kind of, 
I feel like when I go to other countries in general, um, I'm not there to change to change anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I'm there to be myself, but I'm also there to be smart, and I'm there to represent the United States. And in a lot of ways, the partners – so the embassy works with local partners. So like I said, like a school or – you know, um, you know, a group of like kids with disabilities. And so like they try to go and, and my main goal there is to make sure that they can strengthen their partnerships, you know, because that allows mm-hmm. us to be able to have cool interactions. And so in a lot of ways, like I'm not there to buck the system, you know, and, and so okay. I, I don't necessarily, when I was in Saudi Arabia and Bahrain, for instance, I didn't shout it from the rooftops that I was in a same sex relationship. Um, you know, and if someone had asked, I I don't know what I would have said. I might have kind of, you know, gently led the discussion elsewhere um, mm-hmm. or just kind of said, you know, you know, just something not to not to be too political, maybe in that country. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it wasn't a problem. Um, you know, but even being in Jordan, for instance, when we were playing there, we would play to audiences. Here I am, a, a woman with all, an all male band. And our audience was literally split down the middle. And so there was like all single men on the left side. And then there were women and families on the right side. Like they couldn't even intermingle themselves. And here they are watching an intermingled band. And these girls came up afterwards with their mother and and were going to thank me. And I was like, oh, so cool. And I tried to, I asked them if they wanted to take a photo. And they just kind of looked at me with these big eyes and, you know, because they a lot of them don't aren't you know don't allow themselves to be in photos and um you know and it wasn't they didn't take it like like it was a bad thing but I just kind of had to remember like I'm in a different country and like there's different customs and in Saudi Arabia for instance I kept trying to shake men's hands you know and they don't do that so they would just look at me and they would put their hand on their heart and they would just kind of you know be like they would like not even really look me in the eye but they would just kind of back away like very subtly and just kind of remind me in action that like they can't do that. Um, you know, so it's just more like little things like that that would would happen. Yeah. Um actually Hillary Clinton mentioned that when she was Secretary of State that there were mm. her being female Secretary of State did raise some cultural issues. And I when you told me that the the square you were in was surrounded by madrasas and of course madrasas are often very conservative Islamic uh, and very Unfemale. I just wondered how what they felt like having a a woman. Well, these were in they're the just yard. yeah, and they're just buildings in Uzbekistan. They're actually very um, there's there's not hard and fast rules about that. We would hang out with um, like we would have guides that were young men, and they would hang out with us, and we would take selfies. And Uzbekistan was super lax. Um, whereas like Jordan and Jordan is actually pretty lax for the actual Middle East. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Saudi Arabia, obviously, is kind of the seat of Islam, and so they're super strict. Bahrain is the Vegas of Islam, so it's, you know, you can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> when when yeah. you come to um, L.A., if you don't know her, i make an introduction to Maisa uh, Kara. Do you know her? Maisa Kara? I'm not sure that I do. A Jordanian-American uh, Grammy nominee, um, sings uh, both in Arabic and um uh, English, um, and she did White Rabbit for uh, American Hustle, and she did it in Arabic. Oh wow! 
And got a Grammy nomination for that. Yeah. Fabulous voice. And she, believe me, she's navigated a lot of these kinds of things. Well, we're going to have to navigate back to we're all we're almost out of time. Uh, I'd like to love no. to talk to you more. Uh, <laughs> but you brought it up, so I got to ask, what are you doing at South by Southwest? Can you give us some details? That's right. Yeah. So we have our official showcase on Wednesday, next Wednesday, um, the 14th at 8 p.m. at a place called Flamingo Cantina. It's a whole Latin lineup. It's going to be awesome. And I very ambitiously am organizing a flash mob slash street party before our show that will turn into kind of like a, a street party conga line and everybody who joins in will get into the venue for free. Um, we'll have drums and horns and uh, in addition to the flash mob, which we're, we're actually filming for a music video for one of my other singles that's coming out later this year. So oh, God, you're amazing. Lots of things. <laughs> Lots of, well, um, we'll see how this comes out. I keep, I keep thinking, I'm like, this is either going to be the most awesome thing ever, or it's just going to be a fun dance party. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, an awesome it, it's going to be great no matter what. It's going to be great. But, um, so yeah, to- for all those who have dancer friends that are going to be in Austin next Wednesday, um, send them to my Facebook page, Gina Travis Music. So. Okay. And, and your other two yeah. events are on your Facebook page, too, I take it. Yeah, we actually have a show this this Sunday, and then um and then the, the actual uh, official showcase on on Wednesday. But I'm other than that, I'm pretty chill, and I'm gonna meet people and go see shows and hang out. So it'll be fun. Have a good time, huh? All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I wish I was there this year. Uh, maybe next year, and uh, I hope to see you in Los Angeles. Um, before we before we leave, you mentioned it once. Why don't you mention it again? where people should go to follow your music and where they should go to get your music. That's a great idea. We're actually, I'm, I'm releasing a new website soon. Right now you can go to GinaChavez.com and um, it'll take you to my new single and um, kind of have show calendar and stuff like that. But I am working on a new website, but uh, GinaChavez.com is a great place to go for a hub for all of the, all of the social links and, and new music. Okay. All right. And people should also check out your Instagram, uh, account and see those great pictures from uh the stands and uh, uh i oh, want to hey, thank speaking you speaking of i'm actually i'm headed to kyrgyzstan in april so follow oh, along for the the stand tour continues <laughs> you are amazing <laughs> all right well i will follow that one on instagram and facebook too uh you, you have you have a lot of fun which of course is the whole yeah. point right <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. well good. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And um, along um, along the way, while you're out touring the world, stop by Los Angeles. Oh, definitely will. Patrick, thank you so much for all you do to, to support um, women and all kinds of music, but um, especially on this Women's Weekend. Um, thank you for, for supporting, the, supporting the ladies. Oh, well. It's it's my it's my pleasure and it's my joy. Gina Chavez, her new song is Heaven Knows and it's available all over social media and you can hear it if you subscribe to her on Spotify. Uh, follow her Facebook page, her Instagram page, YouTube, and don't forget her her website. And make sure you stay in touch because she has an album coming out, an EP coming out later this year, Light Beam, and you're going to want to make sure that you know about it. So you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. 
Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is uh, Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartleben. Our intern is Angeline Serrano, who has her own radio show now. Congratulations, Angeline. Download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. We're also over there on iTunes, too. Next Friday, our guests are going to be the R&B soul singer Heitna. That's H apostrophe A-T-I-N-A. And we're going to talk to the two guys, two rock stars, who started Jail Guitar Doors, helping prisoners rebuild their lives with guitars. And we're going to play some of the great music that they that has come out of that program. So check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page and get more details on them. And then be sure to be there. That's going to be a great show. In the meantime, that's it for now. Have a great musical weekend. And we're going to leave you with a little bit more of music from uh, Gina. This is uh, Miles de Milas. I need to know you're closer than 2,000 miles The tips of my fingers miss the curve of your smile Those dimples make me melt inside 